Welcome, everyone. I want to thank Ronnie for inviting me this evening. All the learning we do this evening should be Le'ilei Nishmas. She should be Melitza Yeshara for the whole family, for her happy occasions, for Simchos Nachas, for Surah Tovot, Bimali Hashem Komashalois, Libena Latova. So, unbelievably, after 47 days, we have less than 48 hours to prepare for Chagashvot. The more important something is, the more you need to prepare for it. And the most important day of the year is the day that God gave us the Torah. Because the most important event in the history of the world was the giving of the Torah. No event in the history of the world was authenticated by more eyewitnesses than the giving of the Torah. Maybe second, when Obama was inaugurated, they say there were one million people standing there. Amen. Yes. So, <laughs> and that's. Do you believe Obama was the president? No. You weren't, but but you you accept that he was. He was. You weren't there. You may not have been there. But if there are one million witnesses, you know what happened. You can't deny something like that. You can't. You can't say, well, it was fabricated, it's fake news. If there are a million eyewitnesses, who were they? You would think that somebody would get up and say, you know, I wasn't there. It's a, it's a, it's a false, it's a, it's a fake. Three million Jews stood at Sinai when God said, No event in the history of the world was authenticated by more eyewitnesses. There's no event that we know happened more than we know God gave the Torah to the Jewish people. Three times as many people stood at Sinai than were present when a president was inaugurated. And therefore it's a very important day. You know, we're the only religion that says there was national revelation. Why doesn't any other religion say... You know, God came to, why doesn't Christianity say, God came to their so-called prophet or God in front of three million people? Why don't, why doesn't Islam say that? Because you cannot make something like that up. That's the surest way to prove that you're a false. Only something that happened can you claim was in front of three million people. This is the basis of everything we do. And we need to prepare 49 days to be Mechabel the Torah. And you know what? We still have a hard time. You know, we learn Torah every day. And sometimes we have a hard time remembering what we learn. Sometimes we have a hard time connecting to what we learn. Sometimes we have a hard time that the learning should be meaningful to us. So what I'd like to share with you today, time allowing, we'll see how much time we have. Techniques. How Torah could be more meaningful to us. How we could remember it more. How it could inspire us more. How we could connect to it more. So I grew up in Flatbush on Avenue M and East 31st. And as a Bachur, I used to sneak out of the yeshiva. And I used to walk to the shul of Rav Avigdor Miller, Zechitzak Lebracha. I went to him for three years 
It was about a 50-minute walk. 5-0, yeah. For three years. And I once asked him, I have a notebook at home of questions I asked him. I asked him, why do we say in the Berchat HaMazon, Harachamon, Hoyezakinu limot hamashiach ulechaye haolam haba. God, help us get the world to come. What do you mean, ask God to get the world to come? If you do mitzvot, you get the world to come. If you don't do mitzvot, you don't get the world to come. Why would you pray? Why do you need to pray for the world to come? I remember I was 19 years old. He looks me in the eye. He says, you want it? I said, yeah. Then you have to pray for it. You can't get anything in this world if you don't daven. Nothing comes to a person in this world if they don't daven. The Ramchal writes that in the Shamayim, God has ready for a person all kinds of brachot, parnasah, zivugim, everything. So why don't we get it? Because we don't ask for it. We don't ask Him. Everything you need, you need to pray for. You need a parking spot, you need to pray for. You need a wife, you need to pray for. You need a husband, you need to pray for. You need shalom bayit, you need to pray. You need parnasah, you need to pray. You need money, you need to pray. Whatever you need, you need to pray. You want lunch, you got to pray for it. You want dinner, you got to pray for it. There's nothing in this world that comes for free. And if it's free, you know it's going to cost you. There are no freebies in this world. Whatever you want in this world, you got to pray. But if I were to ask you, friends, of everything in this world, what is the most important thing to pray for? You know, people close their eyes during Shemona Esrei by Shema Kolenu, and they, they think about all the things that they need. So what do people pray for? Parnasah, Shalom Bayit, Parnasah, Kesef, money, Parnasah, Shalom Bayit, Parnasah, Parnasah. These are the things people pray for. What is the most important thing to pray for in this world? Says, the, says David HaMelech, Alzot Yitpalel Kal Chasid Says David, pray for this. So now the big question, the million dollar question is, what's this? Says the Gemara, Zutorah. Zutorah. To understand the Torah. Yeah, you pray for money, you want to have a good job, you want to have a good parnasah, you want to have good shalom, you want to have good children. Number one, more than anything else, you need to pray that Hashem should make the Torah meaningful to you. Because you could sit in front of Gemara and you don't know if you're coming or going. You don't know what it means. What's God telling me? What am I supposed to do? You don't remember it. You don't find it interesting. It's not inspiring. More than anything in this world, you got to pray, Hashem, help me understand the Torah. Help me want to learn Torah. Somebody came to Reb Chaim Kenevsky. He said, Rabbi, bless me, I should know Torah. Abraham Kinyevsky said, I can't bless you, Shino Torah. You gotta study. There's nothing I could do. It's up to you. So the person said, Bless me, I should want to know Torah. I should want to study Torah. So Abraham said, I can't give you that blessing either. That's also up to you. Nobody could force you to do mitzvot. You, it's your own decision, free choice. You have to want to learn Torah. So the guy was smart. He said, Rabbi, bless me. I should want to want to learn Torah. So that, Reb Chaim Kievsky said that, yeah, I could give you a bracha for that. 
So you should, we have to pray to God, Hashem, help us want to study Torah. Help us find good shiurim. Help us find good situations to learn. Good teachers. This is not something to pray for. This is not an important thing to pray for. This is number one. You stop a hundred Jews on the street. You ask them, what, what are you praying for? By Shema Kolena, you close your eyes. What are you praying for? This is not even on the list. Says the Gemara, this is number one. Says the Gemara, if you look at number three, Gemara Nida. What should a person do? V'yachkam. What should a person do to become wise? So the Gemara says, learn a lot and don't work so much. Says the Gemara, a lot of people that don't work so much, they still don't know Torah. Nowadays, nobody's working anymore, right? Everything is online, everything is Zoom. Nobody actually has to go to work. And a lot of people, they don't work and they still don't learn Torah. Says the Gemara, study a lot. There are a lot of people, they study all day long and they still don't know Torah. Says the Gemara, Ella, Yevakshu rachamim mimi You gotta pray for it. You gotta pray that God should help you understand and remember the Torah. Now I want to bring to your attention a very interesting halacha, and this is not the point of of uh, this idea that I'm mentioning, but the Gemara in Brachot says there's a man by the name of Reb Nechunya ben Hakana who composed a special tefillah when he entered the Beit Hamidrash. He would say. That I shouldn't make a mistake. And if I make a mistake, my friends are going to rejoice over me. And I shouldn't make an error and say, what's Tameh is Tahar, what's Tahar is Tameh, what's Asur is Mutar, what's Mutar is Asur. And the Gemara just tells us, Rabbi Nechunia ben Hakaneh would say this prayer. <coughs> but do you have to say this prayer? In Shulchan Aruch, the Shulchan Aruch says, when you enter the Beit, Beit HaMidrash, you should say this prayer. The Rambam in Perush HaMishnayis writes, it's Chiyuv. And yet you look around, most people are not saying this prayer. Most people, when they, when they go to uh, open up Gemara, they're not saying the Tefillah Reb Nechunya Ben Akaneh. So there are various justifications. There are various rationalizations. They say it over here? Everyone says it? Everybody? See, by Ashkenazi, this is only... So ignore this. Forget, I didn't know. By the Sephardim, they already do this. There are various justifications why not everybody says the tefillah. Aruch HaShulchan says, well, technically it's for those who paskin halacha. So back in the day, they would paskin halacha in the Beit HaMidrash. Nowadays, those who paskin halacha, they do it at home. So they don't have to say the tefillah because it's hanichnas the Beit HaMidrash. And those who are nichnas the Beit HaMidrash, they're not paskining halacha. So maybe that's the rationalization why we don't say the tefillah. Others say, once we say ahavat olam, and we say v'ten belibenu bina lahavinu lahaskil l'shmoa, that sort of takes the place of the tefillah of Reb Nechonia ben Hakana. Be it as it may, Chazonish says, if you want to be successful in your learning, it's a good idea to say the tefillah. I am not here to tell you whether you should or you shouldn't say that tefillah. Making one point. If you want to upgrade your limud ha-Torah, you've got to pray for it. Whenever it is. In the Shema Koleinu, say, Hashem, I could be learning better. 
I could be learning with more hatmada. I could be learning with more enthusiasm. I could be learning, I could be reviewing better. Help me upgrade my Torah. This has to be one of the most important things we pray for in this world. So very often I come in and I tell you very interesting chida, benish chai, rabavadia. Today I'm, I'm not doing that. We're good enough friends. I'm here today to tell you dvarim pishutim. Okay, is it okay, Ronnie? I'm just telling simple things. But the, the Ramchal writes, sometimes the more simple something is, the more it's overlooked. The more we forget about it. I, I'm very honored. I was invited Shavuos night to give a shiur at 1.45. So then I'm going to mm-hmm. tell you very gishmaka ben on Megillat Ros. Okay? We're going we're gonna to save it for then. Number two. Number two. Second ingredient... Now, I just want to contrast something. Imagine you have a guy working in a laboratory. He's working to discover a cure for a deadly disease. And, we tell, and he says, you know, it's just not going. I'm not getting anywhere. I'm not, I'm not getting any traction. We tell him, you know why? Because you're not praying enough. So what are you telling me nonsense about praying? This is biology. Either, either I study and I know the subject and I'm familiar and, and I'm understanding it or I'm not. What does prayer have to do with biology? But Torah is not biology. When it comes to biology, if you're smart, if you study, if you're, if you're familiar with the material, you'll be successful. In Torah, it's not just about intelligence. I remember in the yeshiva, there were many, many Talmidim who were brilliant. They weren't necessarily successful in Torah. There were many Talmidim who had below average intelligence. They were successful in Torah. Torah is not a physical discipline. It's the knowledge of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's a supernatural knowledge. You need to access the help of, of the Almighty. Number two. The Gemara tells us, Woe to a Torah sage who learns Torah and does not have Yirat Shamayim. The, the Mishnah says in Pirkei Avot, Kol sheyirato kodemet lechachmato chachmato mitkayemet. If you have fear of God, you'll remember your Torah. If you don't have fear of God, it's in one ear, out the other. You know, the Gemara tells us there are six Sidarim in the Mishnah. Zeraim, Moed, Nashim, Nezikin, Kadshim, Taharot. The mnemonic is Zeman Nakat. Zeman Nakat. Grab the time. Grab time. Grab time. You have to grab every minute. Every minute is another Mishnah, another line of Gemara. Zeman Nakat. Says the Gemara, Umikol Makom, I Yirat Shamayim Otsaro, in Ilolo. What is Yirat Shamayim? Yirat Shamayim is the container you put the Torah in. Okay? Now we're going to ask a very personal question. We have fathers here. We have mothers here. We have children here. What's the most frequent question a parent is asked? Could I have money? You have the oldest, the second, the third. Which child gets the most money? What? Who? The youngest, the oldest. 
the youngest. It's because they get used to the masking already. Which parent, when a parent shells out the cash, who are they most likely to give the money? Because says Reb Chaim Velazhenar, when God gives us Torah, He's our Father. The Torah is His commodity. We're His children. Who's He giving the Torah to? Says the Nefesh Achayim, the father gives money to the kid who's not going to lose the money. <laughs> right? The kids that can lose the money, he gets a dollar or two. The kid's a little bit more responsible, he'll get five bucks. The kid who you could trust, he's getting American Express Platinum. If you could trust the kid that he's not going to lose the money, he's going to get more money. If you can't trust the kid, he's not... So you got to have a wallet. The kid who doesn't have a wallet, he ain't getting anything. The kid who has a wallet, he's going to get the money. What is the wallet of Torah? What's the container? Yirat Shamayim. Fear of God. Says the Nefesh Achayim. Our Father in Heaven, He has a lot of cash. He has a lot of Torah. And there's nothing more that he wants to do with the Torah than to give it to his children. But you got to be responsible. You have to have a wallet. You have to have a container. If you have fear of God, God's willing to give it to you. If you don't have fear of God, He's not willing to give you. So what does fear of God mean? Fear of God means you're careful with the words that you say. That even though... Maybe nobody will find out. You don't say something bad about another Jew behind their back. You're careful what you look at. I know nobody will know whether you looked at something indecent. You're, on, you're by yourself. Just you and your stupid phone. Nobody's going to know if you look. But when you exercise self-control and you show Yerat Shamayim, God said, okay, I'm going to trust him with Torah. I'm going to give the person Torah. You think, what does that have to do with Torah? To know Torah, I have to hit the books. i got to review and learn and learn and learn. That means like this, you could have two people. They both study one hour. One guy, after one hour, he knows a little bit. And one person, after one hour, he knows so much Torah. Because the first guy doesn't have a wallet. He's not careful what he says. He's not careful what he looks at. He's not careful how he speaks to his wife, how she speaks to her husband. But someone who has Yirat Shamayim, God said, I could trust him with the Torah. Imagine if you told Albert Einstein, you know why you didn't come up with theory of relativity yet? You don't have enough Yirat Shamayim. So what are you talking about? What does physics have to do with Yirat Shamayim? And he's right. It has nothing to do with Yirat Shamayim. To be successful in any discipline in this world, biology, chemistry, physics, law, medicine, economics, engineering. It has nothing to do with Yerat Shamayim. If you're bright and you study the material, good. If you don't study and you don't have the intellectual capacity, you won't understand. Torah is different. Torah is the wisdom of God. You have to have a container. Container is fear of God. Next. Moshe Kibel Torah Misinai. Moshe accepted the Torah from Sinai. That is a simple question. What does that mean? He accepted the Torah from Sinai. So Sinai grew arms and handed Moshe the Torah? 
should say Moshe Kibel Torah B'Sinai. What's Misinai? Tosfot says Mem sometimes Belashon Kodesh is means because of. Like in the Pasuk, Mechatat Nevieha, because of the sins of her prophets. Moshe accepted the Torah because of Sinai. Something Moshe learned from Sinai, that because of that he studied, he was able to learn Torah. What is that? <coughs> Humility. Humility. Lama Nimshala Torah Lamayim. Just like Mayim, it goes from high place to a low place. It always goes down. Mayim, you'll never see Mayim going up. Mayim is always going down, down, down. So too Torah always goes down, 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 down to someone who's humble. You could have two people. They both study Torah. The first guy is much smarter. The second guy is more humble. The second guy will understand the Torah better. Fact. How could that be? Why is that? Imagine you told Einstein, Einstein, if you would be more humble, you would come up, you would win more Nobel Prizes. He said, you're a fool. You're a fool. What is humility is a character trait. What does it have to do with science? And he's right. Humility has nothing to do with any other discipline <coughs> other than Torah. Now let's explain this. You ready? As we mentioned before, God is our loving Father. He has a very valuable commodity. That's the Torah. He wants to pour it down to His children. We need a container. The container is us. The problem is, the more, we, the more us is, the more our ego is, the more we think that we're great, we're God's gift to humanity, the container is just a little bit bigger there's not that much room in the container for the Torah to go in. The thinner the walls of the container, the more the container holds. And if the container is paper thin, then it's a very expansive vessel to contain the Torah. The more humble someone is, the more room there is for the Torah. Torah is not like any other subject. There's no subject in the world that you need prayer, that you need fear of God, that you need humility. Okay, now we're going to talk about another important one. You ready for this? It says in Perkei Avot, Asei Lecha Rav. Make for yourself a teacher. It's very important to have a Rav. It's very important to have a Rebbe. Why? A person remembers what they learn from a Rebbe more than what they learn themselves. Nowadays, we could say, what do I need a Rebbe for? I have Rabbeinu Art Scroll. I have Art Scroll. I open up Gemara. I could, I could read it in English, in French, in Lashon Kodesh. I could get Mesifta Gemara. Or, I don't need Rebbe, TorahAnytime.com. What do I need a Rebbe for? Says Rabbeinu Yonah, a person... Now, this is very important. Why, why do you need a rabbi? You don't need a rabbi in biology. You don't need a rabbi in science, in physics, or in history. This is very important. The Torah is different than any other subject. 
Every other subject is just intellectual material. But it's not enough to learn Torah. You have to have the Torah coursing through your veins. It has to become part of your personality. If Torah was just intellectual material, then you would take a USB cord and stick it into your head and download the material. The Torah he has to get into your heart, has to get into your blood. How are you going to get the Torah from the page into you? The answer is, a human being is not only a cerebral individual, but we're also emotional. You need to get the Torah into you by having a connection with another person, with a Rebbe. Says Rabbi Yonah, but, but I know more than my Rebbe. I'm smarter than my Rebbe. You need to make the psychological decision that you accept whoever it is as your Rebbe. You know, there's some people, they pray in 30 different shuls. Shabbat, they go to one shul. And the weekday, they go to another shul. And Mincha Mariv, they go to a fourth shul. And the summer, they go, they go to 50 different shuls and they have no rabbi. And some people daven in one shul and they have 50 rabbis. It's not a matter about where you pray. It's a matter of if you have the humility that when you learn from people, you say, this is my rabbi. This is my rabbi for Gemara. This is my rabbi for Musar. That's my rabbi for Chumash. When you learn from a Rebbe that you have the humility to accept their teaching, it affects you in a much deeper way. No other subject is like that. But Torah is not like any other subject. You know, you would have thought, before this year, you would, th- you would have thought, you know, who's going to be successful in the Torah? Let's, we'll, t- we'll all take SAT. We'll all take the SATs. Whoever gets 1,500 and higher, they'll be the most successful. Whoever gets between 1,400 and 15 will be a little bit less. 13. And then we'll know who'll be successful in Torah. It has nothing to do with intellectual prowess. There are ingredients needed to be successful in Torah that are supernatural. They're, they wouldn't be logical to human minds. Next one. Okay, ladies, don't try this at home. The Gemara tells us about the wife of Rabbi Meir. Who remembers what Rabbi Meir's wife was? Bria. She's a tough cookie. She saw a student learning. The student was sitting there in front of the Gemara... And he was studying. He wasn't saying the words. The Gemara says she went over to him and she kicked him in the shin. And that hurts. The student said, well, what would I do wrong? She said, you're not learning. In order to, for the Torah to be absorbed in your system, in order to be successful in learning, you got to say the words. You can't learn in your mind. You can't sit there like on a hammock, sipping lemonade, and then just reading the Gemara. You know, you got to say the words. In fact, Shulchan Aruch Harav Paskins, listen to this psaq. If you read Torah and you don't say the words, you don't get the mitzvah of learning Torah. 
Rav Shlomo Zalman Arbach disagrees. But Ad Kach, that there's a question whether you even fulfill the mitzvah Limo Torah if you don't say the words. Shulchan Aruch Paskins. Kol HaMashmiya Kolo B'Shad Talmudo Mitkayim B'Yado. Aval HaKorei B'Lachash B'Mheira Hu Shocheach. If you read it quietly, you forget quickly. By the way, if this sounds like an ancient concept, this should be a very revolutionary, nouveau concept. You know, nowadays in education, in the yeshivot, in the schools, they talk about if you want to be successful in learning anything, you have to involve as many modalities as possible. Some people are visual learners. Some people learn by listening. Some people learn... So it's not enough just to think about it. You want to say the words, Marsha writes... That when you learn Torah by saying the words, it's like you learn Torah with all 248 limbs. Because when you say the words, you create vibrations. And your whole body is now vibrating with the words of the Torah. Your arms are learning. Your heart is learning. Your liver is learning. Your lungs are learning. Your feet are learning. Your toes are learning. Your whole body is vibrating by learning the Torah. So you say, so what are we doing now? One guy is talking and everybody else is silent. Says Shulchan Aruch Harav, no. Shomea Kaone. Everyone's talking. When you listen to someone talk, the same way Megillat Esther, one person reads it, everyone listens, everyone gets credit for it. So by Torah also, one person learns, everybody listens, everyone gets credit for it. But you want to try as much as possible. If you're sitting in front of a sefer, don't just read it. Say the words. You'll remember it much better. Next. Ashri mi sheba lekan Okay, uh, before we continue, I just have uh, want to make a special announcement. I'm getting, you know, you know the lottery is up to over three billion dollars right now. I'm going to tell you right now the winning lottery numbers. Okay, everybody, you have a pen? Write it down. Yeah? If I, were, if I would give you the winning lottery numbers, everyone would have a pen. Even if you didn't have a pen, you would find a pen. It fell into the lining of your jacket, you would come up with a pen. Every single person would have a pen. And yet people go to Shiurim, people learn Torah, and they're listening they don't want to write down a blessed word. How could you not write everything down? The Gemara says, fortunate is someone who goes upstairs after 120 and his Torah is written. Says the Marsha, when you write something, it enters your heart. When you learn Torah, write it. After a shiur, write down three main points. You don't have to write down 50 pages. Write down one thing you learned. You write something down, you're kona it, you own it. It becomes part of you. One of my rabbi, Rav Noach Isaac Obam, would always say, Kinei lecha chaver. Kinei, your pen, lecha chaver, should be your good friend. Kinei. Always have your, yeah. Okay, you ready for this? Number seven. So uh, there's this uh, nice lady, Rachel, and she marries this ignoramus, 
Akiva. And she saw something in him. She recognized that he has potential. He's a diamond in the rough. She sends him away to the yeshiva. He studies Torah for 12 years. He misses his kids' bar mitzvah. He misses every single carpool. He's not there for PTA. I know you're thinking you should try that. No, no. Rabbi Akiva was not around for 12 years. He comes back after 12 years and he hears some rasha telling his wife, what kind of husband do you have? You should get rid of him. He just forsakes you for 12 years. And Rachel said if he would listen to me, he would go back to the yeshiva for another 12 years. Whereupon Rabbi Akiva makes an about face and he heads right back to the yeshiva. Asks Reb Chaim Shmulevitz. Akiva, don't you think you should go to your wife and say, Shalom Aleichem, thank you very much for taking care of the kids for 12 years, for doing 50 million carpools, for going to every PTA, for making the bar mitzvah without my help. Say it, thank you. Say shali v'shalcha, shalcha. Say something. Say, I'll see you later. Not one word to his wife. Says Reb Chaim Shmulevitz, it must be that if he would stop and say hello and make small talk, then he wouldn't have been learning for twelve for twenty four years. He would have been learning for twelve years and twelve years and twelve years and twelve years will never equal twenty four consecutive years. To be successful in Ruchniyot, it has to be consecutive. So I have to tell you, if you're learning Torah, you must shut the stupid phone. You cannot have a phone on and learn Torah. Because if 12 years and 12 years is not 24, then if you're learning for one hour, you think one minute and one minute plus one minute and one minute and one minute 60 times is an hour? It's not an hour. Aside from the fact that Gemara says you cannot interrupt in the middle of learning for idle conversation. But forget about that. You have to learn consecutive. Consecutive. So you say, I have ADHD. I can't concentrate. Pal, how long could you concentrate for? Six minutes? So turn off the phone for six minutes. Then you need to take a break, step outside, do what you got to do, come back. However long you are able to learn without interrupting, that's how you got to do it. You, you can't break it up. Learning text message. Learning WhatsApp. Learning email. Learning email. It's just another tzedakah who's collecting money. What do you think? Who are you answering already? So you give all the tzedakah after the shiur. They'll still they'll accept the money after the shiur. After the shiur is over, I got to tell them, the rabbi said they should still take your money. And I'm sure we could work something out, they'll accept it. If you're learning Torah, it should be consecutive. If you want to generate Kedushah, if you want to generate, you know what I compare it to? My bad phone charger. You know the bad phone chargers? You put it in for a minute, you look at the phone, it didn't go up at all. You put it in for three minutes, it didn't go up at all. 
You put it in for 12 minutes, it went up 1%. You put it in for two hours, fully charged. So some people say it only charges when you're not looking. No, no, that's not, that's not the pshat. <laughs> you got to get it, you got to warm it up. It's got to, you can't generate kedusha, kedusha phone, kedusha phone. Just turn it off. Nothing will happen. You'll be a happier person. You know, they talk about how today teenagers they have so much anxiety. Why? What, why? What's the reason? Because of the phone. Nothing bad ever happened to a person by keeping the phone off. Your wife needs you. You're, there's an app to make a, you can make an exception for your wife. Okay, and you're not answering for her anymore. That's not who you're interrupting for. When it comes to her, no, I'm middle of learning. Ritzy foot, ritzy foot. In order to be successful in Torah, it should be consecutive. As much as you can, everyone according to their level. You could do an hour, do an hour. You could do a five minutes, make it five minutes. You could do eight minutes, make it eight minutes. Amelot. Amelot. Torah doesn't work. You can't be lying back on a hammock, sipping iced tea with somebody fanning you. This is not... You got to put in some work. You got to put in some work. You got to sweat a little bit. Oh, I'm so thirsty. Good. Perfect. Perfect. Maybe you'll, this learning will be a little, you're a little thirsty. It's okay. Nothing will happen to you. Nothing will happen to you. During work, you're more than a little thirsty. You're very thirsty and you're able to work for an hour. So be a man. Push yourself a little bit. I can't. I'm so tired. Okay. Good. Perfect. Amelut. Amelut Torah. Other subjects, it's, it's not like that. You could be comfortable, you could be lying back, you could be resting in a hammock, the air conditioner could be on, you could be sipping lemonade. It's okay. Torah, a little, a little work, a little toil. Okay, a little bit more. Two more. And then we'll review. And no chidushim tonight. Everything we have said tonight, everybody knows. But the more obvious something is, the more we forget about it. Kal halomed ve'ino chozer dome lemisha zorea ve'ino kotzer. Daf yomi, it's beautiful, wonderful. Just one thing: when are you reviewing it? In seven and a half years. Kal halomed ve'ino chozer. Someone who learns, he doesn't review. It's like planting without harvesting. You have to review. Gemara tells us in Erevin, Ketzad Seder HaMishnah. How is the Torah taught to the Jewish people? God taught Moshe. Moshe came in. Moshe taught Aharon. Moshe taught Aharon Ubanav. Moshe taught Aharon Ubanav, the Zikenim. Moshe taught Aaron, Banav, Zekenim, Vekal Yisrael. Aaron learned it four times. Aaron steps out. Aaron teaches it to Banav, to the Zekenim, to Yisrael. Then Aaron leaves. Then Aaron, Aaron's children taught it to the Zekenim, and then they taught it to Bnei Yisrael. Everyone learned the Torah four times. 
says the stipler going, you know, you ask somebody. The guy said, I can't understand the Gemara. It's so difficult. Yeah, you know why you can't understand it? Because you didn't open up the Gemara. That's why you don't understand it. You have to first open up the Gemara, right? If somebody, you know, somebody thinks that they learned it three times, they learned it and they reviewed twice. Says the stipler, until you learn a Gemara four times, you didn't learn it yet. Time, the fifth time is the first review. The seder of learning, the method of learning is four times. Constant review, constant review. Rav Moshe Feinstein, Zechazak Levracha, he reviewed the Shas over 200 times. One time he made a siyum. He said, it's my second siyum. Real second siyum? Yeah, second times, 101 times. Shagis Aryeh reviewed the Shas a thousand times. I'm a big fan of Daf Yomi. I don't give a shir in Daf Yomi. I give a shir Daf Shavua. <laughs> Daf Shavua. We learn on Monday, Amud. Tuesday, Amud. And then we review it many, 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 many times. And Shabbat we review it again. So the time the week is over, you actually have something in your back pocket. If you learn Dafyomi, it's beautiful. At the end of the week, what do you know? You know your right arm from your left arm, but that's about it. Review is very important. Every time you hear a shiur, the next day, spend a few minutes. Think it over. Review it. Review it. Review is key to learning. Rav Moshe reviewed Shulchan Aruch three to four hundred times. Rav Chaim Velozhner once came to the Gra. And he said, you know, I'm having a hard time understanding Seder Moed. I reviewed it already 14 times and I still don't have it clear. The Gros said, 14 times? You think you're going to have it clear after 14 times? That's nothing. So Chaim said, how many times? A hundred? The Gros said, a hundred? Your whole life, constant review again and again and again. Much more than that. Review is the key to learning. If a person is deciding, you know... How much ground should I cover in Gemara? There has to be review. And if a blot a day you can't review, it doesn't say in the Chumash, in the Aserat HaDibrot, you have to learn a blot a day. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say, Anochi Hashem Elokecha, Lo Sirtzach, learn a blot a day. But you have to learn in a way that you can actually review. If you can't review it, how are you supposed to remember anything? Okay, and now this is a great key. This is number 10, and we'll review after. The Gemara in Baba Metziah brings a story of Rabbi Hanina and Rabbi Chia. They're fighting with each other. What's going to be if the Torah is forgotten? Rabbi Chia said if the Torah is forgotten. Rabbi Hanina said, I would, make sh- I would restore it. I'm so wise, I'm so sharp, I would remind everybody of the Torah. Rabchiyah said, I would make sure the Torah is not forgotten in the first place. I would get five young boys. I would teach him Bereshit, this one Shemot, this one Vayikra, this one Bamidra, this one Devarim. I would take six boys, teach this one Zrayim, this one Moed, this one Nashim, this one Ezekim, this one Taros, and I would have them teach each other. So the one who knew Bereshit, he'll teach everyone Bereshit. 
The one who knows Shemos, he'll teach everyone Shemot. The, the, the one who knows Nazikin, he'll teach everyone Nazikin. So the Masha asks, why didn't Rebchia just teach everybody Kala Torah Kula? Why did he teach each one a little segment of the Torah and have them teach? Says Marsha, the highest level of Torah is teaching the Torah. So Rebchia, in order to make sure that the Torah would be forgotten, he taught it to students, but he made sure the student taught Torah. The highest level of Torah is to teach it. You say, well, teacher, I'm not a rabbi. I'm not a Rosh Yeshiva. Yeah, but you're a father. You're a husband. You have children. So write down, you know, a person should prepare for a Shabbat table. An attorney has a court case. So you sit down and you prepare for an hour what the case is and you make notes. You gotta prepare for the Shabbos table. It's the most important time of the week. You gotta have notes. You gotta come to, the kids come to the table with a booklet up to the ceiling. And the father sits there like a Ama Aretz de Oraita. The father has to prepare. When do I teach Torah? Write down the ten most important things you learned during the week. And this way you wrote something down, it's gonna go into your heart, and you teach it! The highest level of Torah is teaching! Every Jew has to look for opportunities to teach Torah! You don't have to give a shiur. Teach your wife, teach your children. It doesn't matter if nobody's listening to you. Talk to the wall. Call up your friend. He said he put you on mute, it doesn't matter. <laughs> when you're finished, was that good? A minute later, what? Yeah. Was that good? Amazing, right? It doesn't matter if nobody's listening to you. You ready for this? Sometimes we wonder, how could you ever review something 101 times? Is that realistic? The stipler going writes that if you prepare something and you say it over, it's the equivalent of learning it 50 times. You meet someone on the street, you heard a good Dvar Torah, you heard a nice shir, Tomorrow on the street, you tell your friend, I, I heard there's great shir. I heard that you have to, you should write down the Torah that you learned. It's like you just learned it 50 times. And then you meet another guy. You tell him, you did it 100 times. Every Jew should look for opportunities to teach Torah to your children, to your family, to your cousins, to your wife, to your parents, to the guy next to you in shul. So we're going to review now. Executive summary. Ten ingredients to be successful in Torah. Number one, you gotta pray. Number two, Yirat Shamayim. Fear of God. Number three, humility. Number four, to make a Rav, to make a Rebbe, to learn from someone that you respect. Number five, say the words. Number six, write. Number seven, the learning should be consecutive. Turn off the phone. That's generally a good practice. In the shul, what's it doing in the shul? How did it get in? How did it get in the door? How did it make it through? 
in the front, we got cubbies. You put it in the cubby, and that's it, with chargers. They could charge, and the chargers work. Even after 10 minutes, it goes up like 20%. Amelut, you got to work hard. Put in a little bit of effort, a little bit of effort. You're a little tired, you're a little hungry, you're a little thirsty. Give it a little bit of a push. Number nine, review your learning. Number ten, look for opportunities to teach what you learned. If you use even one of these techniques that we learned tonight, you're already a head taller than the guy next to you. May HaKadosh Baruch Hu give us all siyata d'shmaya that for the yomtif of Shavuot we should make real Kabbalat HaTorah. Kabbalat HaTorah means we're going to take upon ourselves something to elevate, to upgrade our commitment, our level of Torah. And in the merit of accepting some improvement, may HaKadosh Baruch Hu shower us with Parnasah Berevach, good health, nachas from our children, shalom bayit, and most importantly, to understand the beautiful and holy words of the Torah. Thank you very much for giving me the opportunity tonight. Chag Hashem Sameach, Hagad Yamtev. Amen. 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 Amen.